Like my favorite fruit. We're live, we're baby. Live. We are live. We live, baby. Did you tag me? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. We tagged everybody. We live, baby. All right. I don't, I don't think I'm tagged. <laughs> we'll go to mine and repost it. There it is. Then. I found it. All right, everybody. We're getting set up here. A little after 9.30. We do apologize. How's that look? Does that look all right? We, we looking good, guys? We're letting everyone come in as we speak. We're getting set up uh, today. Unfortunately, we will not be uh, presented with uh, our presence of Jackson Schroeder. He's actually out of town for this one. There we go. How's it look? All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna get started here. Um, we'll wait till Mateen, my producer, is getting set up, and ready when you are. are recording. They are recording. Cool. Yeah, so if you want do you want to just use that one? or? Yeah, just use that. That's fine. We live. We are live. Everyone reposting this stuff. If you're here watching us now, go to press press that share button. Let everyone else on your Facebook feed uh, into your beautiful lives as well as ours. Uh, be awesome. That's what are you ready for that? Turn that down. All the way down. Ready for camera? Yep, we're ready. All right, guys, welcome to the J&B Podcast. I am presented here with Max McDoolin and Matt Harrington. They're going to be talking basketball back and forth. We're going to start out with the college basketball to start out with. But before that, again, we got to go over some housekeeping issues. If you haven't checked out the website, we launched last week uh, on Thursday, seatatthetea.com. Again, that is seatatthetea.com. This is our logo. We also got that last week. Uh, created business cards. They are looking very nice and as well. Um, check those out. It's going to be an amazing thing. We've got uh, sponsors moving forward. We actually just added Nate Sexauer onto our um, our group. Yeah, production team. He did an unbelievable job editing everything Woo! last week. Yeah, give a round of applause. Yeah, wait a minute. We got over fifteen hundred viewers on our last podcast, both the live one and the edited one that Nate did. We stayed up till three thirty that night on Thursday night, going into Friday. Got it done. Uh, note for next week, there is going to be no podcast, unfortunately, with all of us here. I might do one just in Florida on the beach because why not? Yeah, uh, seriously. You're going to be in Australia. Yeah, I'll be in Australia, so be sure to look out to, for some content. Uh, next week, if you're missing us on the podcast, then be sure to go on the website, and we'll have blog posts from Bobby, myself, and everyone else from their spring break location. We'll be looking for sports stories from all over the world yes. next oh, week. So. It's, not, it's not just national anymore. We're going worldwide. We're, we're going worldwide. We're starting in Melbourne, Australia. So. You're going to be waking up early before all of us. It's yeah, awesome. well, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> so now moving forward with that, no no podcast with all of us next week. We might do individual podcasts and post them up on uh, our, our Facebook page from there. Um, the week after, though, we're diving right back into March Madness. Uh, we are discussing right now in talks with the Pigskin Bar and Grill. Uh, we might have a giant podcast for everyone, a giant bracket to print out and go from there. Sponsors are coming at us right now. This thing could be possibly blowing up in front of our eyes. Knock on wood, guys. Hopefully you're uh, just joining us there along with us uh, for the ride. I mean, this is going to be unreal. If, this can, if, if the mindset we got for this can do exactly what we want it to do, uh, the sky's the limit, folks. So uh, we're going to dive into some college basketball. We'll start out with here with Max. Uh, we are... Two, a week away from, from conference play, conference tournament play, uh, the tournament-wise. And then we have March Madness the following week. 
we got to get some Cinderella teams. Who's your dark horse right now? We're going to go over dark, darker, and darkest horse. Yes, yeah, so my dark horse, uh, so we're looking at a team that's a borderline top 25 team. Uh, they've kind of been hot and cold all year long, and they're coming out of that big-time Big 12 conference in the middle of the country that also, for some reason, stretches out east to West Virginia. Um, Iowa State. That is that is that is my dark horse. So just kind of a borderline team that I think everybody's been looking at all season long. Uh, I've talked about them before because one of my favorite teams uh, had a uh, had a win against them at ho or on the road uh, at Iowa State that ended a very long home winning streak for them. Uh, the Bearcats beat Iowa State earlier this season. They've gotten back on track. They're in a huge game right now mm -hmm. against Oklahoma State that's knotted up that's at 34-34. Really that's a great game. Mm -hmm. uh, watch that after we're done. Uh, it's the first half there, so <laughs> you, know, you can catch the, that game later. Um, but, but that's a big game. So that's my dark horse right now um, uh, out of the Big 12. They're, they're in a conference-tested con conference. I mean, in a, a tournament-tough uh, conference. Yeah. Um, so, so I really like Iowa State. Iowa State has been around, just hovering around the top 25 all year long. Yep. Uh, going back to like my earlier college days, Iowa State is always a team that gets to the Sweet 16, I feel like. Yeah, and, and they're normally much more dominant. Yes. I mean, they're in a nine-loss season right now. But they're highly respected because of the difficulty of their schedule, mm -hmm. which you know we see as being more commonplace today. Yep. Uh, you know, teams like uh, I've talked about Michigan State all year long in the Big Ten. The reason that they haven't been completely disrespected is because they played such a difficult schedule. You know, when you had teams, you know, in the past uh, like Cincinnati having one good game a season against Xavier. You know, when they were playing in uh, the Metro or whatever, um, and still being in the top twenty-five, it didn't make sense. But Iowa State has had a tough game on the schedule all season long. Yeah. So that's why people kind of still have them up there. But that's also why there's so many question marks. Yeah. Because you don't really have many bad losses that you can say, oh, they lost to Rhode Island yeah. or, or things like exactly. that. Yeah. It's going to be, I guess, a tournament-tested question moving forward. Iowa State is so dominant at home. When it gets a tournament play, they go on the road. We'll see how good. And Fans travel well. They do, they do. We'll see how good they can play outside of Iowa State. Um, moving forward, who was your darker horse now? Okay, so my darker horse is a team outside of the top 25 uh, that people have talked about kind of off and on as well all season long. A team that just, um, well, I, I, I'm kinda, I've kind of been going back and forth on this, okay. to be completely honest. So Middle Tennessee State is receiving votes Ooh. in the AP poll right now. And generally really good. And generally is a very strong college basketball program. Um, I, I love teams out of the state of Tennessee. Uh, phenomenal basketball gets played in that state. And I feel like I have to go with a mid-major team with this pick. You know? yeah, you have to, uh, yeah. you know, so who is that best mid-major team out there right now? And it is Middle Tennessee State. Mm -hmm. uh, they're high-flying. You know, they're very similar to Florida Gulf Coast in the sense that they can put up a lot of points. When we saw Florida Gulf Coast kind of run uh, a few tournaments back, um, and so I kind of love that about them. I also like it because uh, they're coming out of a state where I got some family. I got some family in Knoxville. I got some family in Chattanooga. So I also got a little bit of a connection there, maybe a rooting interest, yeah. no one at that school. Uh, haven't played a very difficult schedule. You have it pulled up right yeah. here. You take a look at a team that's gone on some heavy winning streaks but also has some questionable losses to VCU and Georgia State, who are other mid-major teams who have had good programs in the past. But then they also have wins against your Marshalls, your Western Kentuckys, uh, your Southern Misses, your uh, your UTEPs. Uh, that loss against UTEP yeah. is is big. But it's also UTEP 
has historically had a good basketball yeah. program. Back so to is the, VCU. Back to the Texas Western days. No, the VCU loss yeah. is not a bad loss. Yeah. So this is the best mid-major team outside of Gonzaga, although Gonzaga is considered a power school. Mm -hmm. But this is the best mid-major team. This yeah. team has two more regular season games before they hit the t uh, tournament play, conference tournament play, excuse me. If they run the table in the conference tournament and get that automatic qualifying bid, yep. they're going to be looking at probably around 30-4. and four. Yep, they'll, they'll be looking at it at 30-4, and four, and they'll wow. probably, if they run the table, you can make a case for them at a 4 seed. But most likely, they'll be sitting at 5. The uh, thing that I look at this team and look, it reminds me of, of teams in the past are the Lumberjacks. Yes. Stephen F. Austin out of yes. Texas, around neck, your neck of the woods. Almost. Yeah, I got. A, I have a lot of friends at uh, Stephen F. Austin. I uh, mean, that team came out of nowhere. They were on a hot streak. This team reminds me of last time they lost, other than UTEP, was December 21st. Again, that's 2016. That's a couple months now. Yeah. Streak. So that's a huge thing to look forward to. You look for the hottest team. They know, they how, to win. Win. They know how to win. They, they know, know exactly win. how to win. And you can't expect teams to go undefeated in conference play anymore. It's no. just so rare, mm -hmm. even in those mid-majors, because those te the scouting is so scouting. advanced. <laughs> you know, It's so easy to be able to know exactly what, what other teams are going to be throwing at you. Exactly. So... Um, uh, that one loss is not a bad blemish, but they should run the tape. They should. They uh, need to win the conference tournament. On the flip side, everyone's saying how bad this bubble is this year, but if you get a team in this conference that wins the conference tournament play, yep. right now Middle Tennessee State is a lock right now. That's just adding to the depth of the bubble. That makes a team that should be a lock on the bubble as it is, and it makes the bubble a lot smaller, and it shrinks it big time. But so. also that's an interesting point, though. Middle Tennessee being a lock. Yeah. is so interesting because if they lose their conference they lose the conference yep. tournament final and then all of a sudden like you said it takes away spots that from other teams and then you have a team like say in Iowa State yeah. if they were to end the year like if they were to end with two more losses yep. and then lose in the opening round of the of the conference tournament all of a sudden they go from feeling like a lock to a 12 loss team and you have less spots. Yep. And so those are the teams that all of a sudden felt like they were in. They felt like they were good to go. Everyone's like scratching their heads. What about these eight-loss programs? Yep. What about these other teams who actually ended the year on a high note? If you're Northwestern, you better start getting your wins now. This is not the time to lose. No. Just want to call them out yeah. right now as a Big Ten fan. Your darkest horse, Max. The team that you think from the dark, the dark depths of hell can come out and surprise everybody. All right. So I love the American Athletic Conference. I know you do. I give it a plug week in and week out. I got a lot of friends down in Houston, Texas. The Houston Cougars definitely could be that darkest horse. If not they, SMU, but Houston. Houston. Wow. SMU's in the top 25. Yes. I would not. The only reason you might be able to say darkest horse okay. about them is because SMU only has seven scholarship players. Okay. So SMU is already on a weak side. You know, they're on probate. Well, they're not technically on probation from the tournament, mm -hmm. yeah. but, but they still have less scholarship athletes. Yes. But they're a phenomenal program. They've gotten back on their feet. They just don't have the depth. The Houston Cougars, on the other hand, are a team who have had an up-and-down season all year long. They're coming off of back-to-back -back losses against Connecticut and on the road against Memphis. A one-point win at Memphis, one of the most difficult places to win in the country yeah. when they're good and when they're bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Memphis is consistently a great basketball program. Open to the year up with a bunch of wins, but then they also had a loss to LSU. LSU has been their kryptonite in back That's a true road seasons. game early on, though. That, you got to give them sometimes a pass early on when your team's trying to mess. Yeah. And sometimes when you say on the road, it's a neutral site that early in the season, but that was actually a true road test in yeah. Baton Rouge against LSU. The, the one red flag that I really want to point out on the schedule is the three straight losses that really were the last bad portion of the schedule for them. They lost at Central Florida, 
versus Memphis and at SMU. Now, don't get me wrong. Those are three solid teams. Yeah. First of all, Cincinnati just lost at Central Florida. So yeah. we found out that that's a more difficult this place. Just this yeah. just yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we found out that's a more difficult place to win uh, than we originally thought. But then the other thing that I love about Houston is just looking at the schedule again. You have uh, a sequence of four straight wins, that loss against SMU, but then two straight. So they're 6-1 and one in their last seven. That's a team that can get on runs. Yeah. And with Connecticut being so weak in the American Athletic Conference this season, with Tulane, with Temple, oh, yeah. with all these other schools who sometimes have okay programs being so weak, Houston is someone who can get through some easier games early, maybe get lucky against an SMU, find their way into a game against Cincinnati. And as much as I love Cincinnati, they've been so inconsistent lately, they can't score. Yeah. You know, if Houston holds Cincinnati to less than 60 points, they will be conference champions, and they'll get into the tournament, and they might get in at around a 10 seed and watch out for a run. That's always a favorable bracket. I was talking to my buddies this past weekend about UConn. Uh, definitely a team that you, you're very disappointed this year. It uh, is disappointing. Kevin Ollie's such a good coach. We talked about the Big Ten being down, the Americans down this year, and, and the aspect of UConn not being where they should be. Um, nine and seven in conference play, which is well, and Memphis right. isn't where they should be either. I mean, you have a lot of programs in the American. But who, Memphis is above five hundred. Give UConn as sure. an overall record at fourteen and fourteen, taking away big time. They can make a run though in that conference tournament play and surprise and again shrink that bubble one more time. <laughs> this team is so tournament tested with Ali as a coach. They've done it so many times in and out the last couple of years. It's gonna be interesting moving forward. I want to flip scripts though. Yep. And go to the Big Ten. Yes. The Big Ten right now. This is Matt and I's bread and butter. Uh, is supposedly down this year. We'll see what happens when tournament play starts. The ACC is up. They're the, definitely the best conference by far. Uh, Purdue is the top of the conference at 13-4 and four and 24-6 and six overall, followed by Wisconsin, Maryland, Minnesota. Those are some teams that you usually see at the top, maybe not Minnesota. Behind that is Michigan State, who is now making a really strong uh, tournament, tournament test, I guess, case for it, yep. now at 18-11. Northwestern falling off the map, but still as as the uh, experts say, are pretty good lock right now. They got to win one of these last two games, either at, uh, Purdue and Michigan uh, this week and moving forward. And after that, it pretty much falls off the totem pole. Michigan's barely on the bubble if they're Iowa, Illinois are really bad. Then you had the bottom four. You got Ohio State and Indiana right there that could be possibly playing on the first day of conference tournament play. You don't see that from top dogs. And you don't you don't want to admit that Ohio State's out of the idea of getting into the NCAA tournament. <laughs> oh, we are so bad this <laughs> but, year. But it's really rough. It's uh, horrible. And I love Thad Bonda, but he's the most overpaid coach in the country right now. You know, he's been right now, riding, yes. He's been riding the success of the past, and believe me, Thad Bonda did some huge things for Ohio mm -hmm. State in the yes. past. Mm -hmm. But, boy, they have not had that sustainably great program mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people thought they would. Mm -hmm. But it's because one thing that I didn't address last week that I'm willing to address now the Big Ten is, is getting ahead of the curve, finally, everywhere else. Yes. But this is the type of year that I think is the transition period. Okay. So that's where you see everyone beating up on everyone. That's why you don't have a clear leader. That's why you have teams like Northwestern who looked like, how many weeks ago? This is just me kind of tooting my own horn just a little bit on my own predictions. How many weeks ago did I tell you Michigan State would take off and Northwestern would drop off? Probably three or four weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yep. three yeah. weeks ago I said... Northwestern, I don't see them even. I, I didn't. I thought they would drop off so bad that they'd miss the tournament. They're not going to end up hurting themselves that badly unless they, they, they lose. Are, they are two and five in the last seven games. In my well, opinion, you don't put them in the tournament because they're so well, weak right if now. If they lose, if they lose the next two, which would mean they lose four straight, yeah. 
yeah. and lose the first round of the conference tournament. Turn you can't put them in the tournament. Please, tournament committee, listen to me. Don't put Northwestern in if they lose five straight to end the season. Yeah. Because, first of all, Dick Vitale is going to lose his mind on ESPN, <laughs> as he normally does, about them getting That in. means they would go from an 18-4 and four <laughs> record a couple weeks ago to losing the last three straight from this week, next week, and tournament play. They'll end their record at 20 and 12. From 18 and 4 to 20. 2 and 8 to finish the year. That is, 2 and 8 to finish the year. That's that not is, a tournament team. No, you can't. you got to put hot teams in the tournament that can and make Michigan a run. And Michigan State is that type oh, of team. Oh, Michigan State should be a lock right now. Michigan That's, State. Their schedule is so tough. And I love Tom Izzo. You can't stay and Tom Izzo is a team that. Tell me if you agree with me or not on this one. No, I don't. Uh, well, I mean, that's fine. He's not going to agree with me, folks. Tom Izzo, if he gets his team in the tournament, they might go to the Sweet 16 every year. Every Is that year. True or no, false? 100%. You I can't? Hate, you I can't. Hate, I hate to agree with you on this point because I hate Michigan State, and I'm expressing a little bit of my bias, but that's very true. Tom Izzo, he's known. He's now, I'm not going to say they're going to go win the tournament. Yeah, this year. yeah. But they but could go to the Sweet 16. Yeah, they're known for winning a couple they games, get in, they excluding get, last year. They sneak in, though. You never know what they could do. If they're an 8 or 9 seed, they have to play Gonzaga in the, the second round. Oh, that's Are you serious? Now, now, again, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to say that again. You know, Gonzaga, if they win out, which would include one more win over St. Mary's, yeah. they still might end up being the number one overall seed if that were to happen, yeah. uh, even with the trip up. Okay. Um, but the problem is, is that the tournament committee, even if they call them the number one overall seed, I continue to say this, but it's important to reiterate it. Look at it come tournament time. Gonzaga will be as a number one seed, whether they're the number one overall or whether they're the number three or the number four seed. You know, number one seed, they will be in the toughest bracket. Okay, now I gotta ask you, what happened to Gonzaga last this past weekend? Well, it's hard. I mean, you you said it to me as soon as it happened. You said BYU is their kryptonite. They are. I mean, the last three years, BYU has gone on the road up to Washington and beat Gonzaga at home. Now, the one thing I have to say is that BYU in basketball is very similar to BYU in football. Yep. I mean, they play a tough schedule. And they're a liability every year. You know, no one really likes to schedule them. Actually, really, a better way to look at BYU in basketball is they're kind of like Boise State. No one really wants to schedule them because they know it's a total a risk. Game, yeah. And BYU will always, mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. always gets more credit for the win mm-hmm. yeah, than you would. So a close That's win over BYU true. still doesn't help. That's very true. Let alone a loss to them. That's very true. Um, and so, uh, and, and BYU... Um, you know, I would normally say BYU was making a case to make a push there, but they've just kind of had uh, one of those tougher years um, uh, for them. Uh, but but that was a tough game. But was, but, but what insane. happened? But what happened was BYU was able to isolate Gonzaga down low, and so that's the problem. Is Gonzaga likes to be able to play inside the paint and kick out, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of teams that the like to play guy, that style of play. Yeah. You know, Ohio, uh, the Ohio Bobcats, both. Men's basketball wants to penetrate, kick out, mm-hmm. and same with women's basketball. Yep. You know, uh, on our campus, we see that on a consistent basis. Every time, yep. That is what Gonzaga likes to do. Not always year in and year out, but that is the case this season. And BYU forced them to stay outside the whole game. Yeah. And and so if that happens, uh, I mean, I mean that's that's the kryptonite that now everybody sees. Yeah, they are who we thought they were. They are who we <laughs> thought they were. Yes. So their regular season is done. Yeah, they're, they're regular. They're, they're done. They're waiting for conference play out there in the uh, the, the conference the, tournament. The, yeah, the Western Coast Conference, the WCC. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, they obviously got the one seed locked up. It, it, one 
win shy of completing a perfect regular season, which has been unbelievable to share with, I mean, with your grandkids. Just also, like, hey, and, I was on a part of that. And this is something that also I'm glad you brought up. You know, a lot of people don't realize that that was their last regular season game yeah, of the yeah, season. And with the pressure of the opportunity to go 30-0 on you as players, that's a oh. difference in the game, too. I mean, it just is. You know, you so many people hear me say that and would be like, no, no, big players playing big moments. It doesn't matter. You're going for a perfect season, and that is a difficult task. You know, ask the Golden State Warriors what it's like trying to finish off a year of being a record holder, win 73-9, and then blowing in the finals. Yeah. Ask the New England Patriots what it's like trying to go 19-0. It is so difficult, and, <laughs> and I think Gonzaga may have put themselves in a better position to make a tournament run because the pressure is off now, a little bit at least. With I have one a question loss. for you. Yep. So since they finished their season, you know, relatively early, February 25th today, yeah. or not today, this Saturday. This Saturday. Um, the entering conference play, I'm pretty sure they have a bye week, is that correct? Yeah, yes. Um, would that give them, does that make them look bad when they come off that bye week and they show a little bit of rust? It's hard, I mean, because, <laughs> excuse me, it's hard because, you know, sometimes you ask yourself, is that an advantage? Mm -hmm. You know, are they more prepared for who mm -hmm. they're playing, mm -hmm. the style of play? Um, you know, how are the practices being run? Right. You know, or is it going to be a liability? Are right. they going to come out on the floor and be rusty? rusty. Uh, it goes a little bit sure back to what know. Ethan Graham was talking about uh, with the NHL trying mm -hmm. out the bye exactly. week. Exactly. We've yeah. seen that sometimes teams come out hot right away, mm -hmm. and then the next game is when they struggle. Yep. Exactly. And for Gonzaga, it's not about that first game when they get to the tournament. It's not about that first game even when they get to the conference tournament. It's about that second round game. Mm -hmm. It's about the second round game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That's where it's going to be. Because they'll get an easy draw. Mm -hmm. But again, it's about that 8-9 matchup that's going to be a tough matchup for okay. them. Uh, and then St. Mary's uh, in, in the WCC is no walkover either. Oh, no, absolutely. So right now, Gonzaga has the one seed. They have a bye till this Saturday. Uh, again, with the mid-major conferences, they're trying to get their spots on ESPN moving forward so they can show off uh, just teams and how they play. And again, show off the campuses. I think that's good for Gonzaga. It is, 100%. So right Why now, they can recruit better than Washington State. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's scary how that can happen. But and Washington. And Washington Pac-12, the big Power 5 conferences. So they'll either play Pepperdine Pacific, going from there, they'll either play Santa Clara or San Francisco, and then they're going to probably meet St. Mary's, if not BYU in the championship. That game, that will be Tuesday, March I would 7th. love to see them play BYU in that championship. Game. Let BYU have another chance. Another, make the bubble small. I Maybe. love this. So any other thing before we end your segment and go to the NBA? No, I, I think we're ready to go on to the NBA, and I'll, I'll stick around to bounce some things yeah, off we're, right here. We're going to stay with the two M's here, M&M and M here, on, uh, I like that. on, yeah, on the Bounder yeah. Basketball Just segment here. All right. Um, before we get going again, not a podcast next week with all of us here. We're actually going to be waiting till the week after spring break, and it's going to be March Madness. So we'll, instead of having just a 20-minute segment with Max here on uh, Just College Basketball, it's going to be the entire segment. We're going to bring our brackets. Everyone at home, bring your brackets too. It's going to be the opening night of the playing games. Uh, we'll help you fill it out. If you have any questions, again, you can send us either on Twitter, uh, seat at the T, and then also on our uh Instagram account, Shane Dazen over there. Seat of the T again? Yep. All right, both Seat of the T. Check us out there on Facebook here. If you just type your questions, uh, we have NBA right now with Matt. Uh, but if you have questions about the tournament, let us know. We'll gladly answer our expert, Max Madulin, is here for all you guys and all your needs. So let's move to the NBA now. Uh, things are getting a little interesting after the trade deadline ends. Uh, let's start out with here with Andrew Bogan. A lot of people have been giving, uh, typing in saying that stuff. Uh, 
we'll ask a couple questions later on about our questions that came in. But Bogut, D. Williams joined the Cavs. Is LeBron finally happy? Um, it, you know, it's hard to say because LeBron, he goes through those midseason tirades, you know, yeah. year after year, um, and then he things kind of settle down a bit because generally they're winning. <laughs> yeah. So he has, he doesn't really have a reason to complain. Um, so right now, I would say, you know, he doesn't really have anything to complain about. He's got a play, uh, his new playmaker in Darren Williams. Um, he can come off the bench, and even if Kyrie gets hurt, you know, LeBron knows he, he has a viable backup. He can come in and plug in and then uh, have those uh, produce starting, you know, quality minutes. And then he has a big man in Andrew Bogut that he's getting now. Um, and Andrew Bogut, he's going to set the tone. Um, he's going to come in off the bench. <clears throat> but in the two years past, they've shown the uh, capacity to go small. And in that reason, you know, Bogut is not going to be playing as much because he's going to get fit that Mosgall rope, you yep. know. <laughs> yes. But whenever you need somebody to set the tone, send a message, Bogut is that guy to come in mm -hmm. and, you know, get a hard foul. <laughs> yep. He's going to be that guy. He's going to set an attitude. He's going to make the other team get more physical. And that's what that's the type of basketball that you love to watch, if, if, it, if it was me. Um, so, yeah, LeBron doesn't really have any, any reason to complain right now. My thing with this is I'm going to go with Bogut first. Mm -hmm. You and I talked about this moving forward <clears throat> with Bogut. He had an opportunity to join Houston uh, and take a $3 million pay increase. Yep. Decided to go under a million dollars. I think it's like six hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the year he's gonna take and join the Cavs. I think he wants a shot at playing yeah, yeah. the Golden State Warriors in the finals when it matters the most. I think he wants a ring. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily about the the Warriors per se. Um, with Houston, the like we know the Western Conference is just, is just a gauntlet. Yes. Um, so with that being said, he's gonna have to play the Warriors and th that matchup with the Warriors and the Rockets is is gonna favor the Warriors every time, in my opinion. Yes. So. Him going to the Cavs, the Cavs have shown in recent history that they're going to be the best team, especially LeBron. He's been to how many? Six straight finals? Six straight <laughs> I mean, finals. those are pretty good odds. So if you're Bogut, I understand that reason why. Well, and what I like about Bogut is, is that he understands what his role is going to be exactly. on every single team. Mm -hmm. And so right now for him, it's not about where's the most playing time, where's the most money mm -hmm. even. It's just about where is the best opportunity for a championship at. That's the question that I end up getting asked. Yeah. Also, what I love is is that you know you got Warriors fans saying, "Oh, LeBron asking how many playmakers he needs," and now they go out and get Andrew Bogut and uh, Darren Williams. Williams. How many people do they need? And I say to Warriors fans, "Hello, you went to the NBA Finals last year. <laughs> we're up three one, and you went and got Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah. So slow down. You know, Bogut and Darren Williams aren't exactly KD. Um, but but no, I mean Bogut knows his role, uh, and he'll fit it perfectly. LeBron LeBron should be happy. I think the Cavs definitely. Won the trade deadline and the signing people. Oh, I mean, not, it wasn't just these they're two. They're winners. Yeah. They're definitely the winners. I think Kyle Korver also, before all this happened, was was the biggest win out of all that Kyle for, for yeah. them. Shout out uh, to David Griffin. Yeah, man. You, you and I will talk about the depth a little bit later, but mm -hmm. I want to talk about another signing. Brandon Jennings going to the Wizards. I mean. They, are we, are we going to see old Brandon Jennings like we saw in no. Detroit? No, I don't, no? Think, I don't think, not even in Detroit, Milwaukee, no, I don't think so. He's going to be the same Brandon Jennings that we saw in New York. Okay. He's going to run a lot of pick and roll, which is more of their forte instead of running the triangle, which is what Phil obviously kicked him out for because he yeah. wanted, he's so steadfast yes. when trying to run that, that triangle Gosh. offense. Gosh. And people are saying, Phil, why don't you run the offense and you know teach it and implement it upon the team? But, you know, that's, Phil should go somewhere else. Um, but that's neither here or there. Uh, Brandon Jennings, he's going to – the, the Wizards, they're a good team right now. Yes. I 
pretty sure they're top four seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're so, three seed right now. They're 35 seed, yeah. and 23, only six games behind the uh, Cavaliers for that one seed. More importantly, they're pretty much fighting for that two seed. Yeah. Uh, the Boston Celtics are two games in front of them, and also the Wizards are tied with the Raptors. Uh, that's both six games back and two games back from Boston. So, Well, the Raptors, they're going to take a huge decline because yes. Kyle Lowry's out, huge. obviously. So yeah. this is time for the Wizards uh, to make a move into that second-place team and hence signing Brandon Jenks. And that's going to you know, only enhance their ability going forward. Well, and the Wizards and Celtics now, like you said, both of them are just really trying to get clear of the, clear of the Raptors. Mm -hmm. That way when we get down to those last five games, mm -hmm. It's those two teams so fighting for the two seed exactly. instead of them still fighting with the Raptors. Exactly. Uh, and But also, talk about a team that we saw getting more fiery mm -hmm. and know now they have a chance to move up in the seeding in the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge uh, Howard guy, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the tenacity that he was playing with the other night, night uh, yeah. should not have been thrown out. No, it should have not. No, no. But, you know, he sees an opportunity mm -hmm. and also, you know, I think that he remembers what it was like with the Orlando Magic to sometimes control games. Oh, yeah. Be that guy. And, and in the Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. he has a chance against about six of the playoff teams yeah. to still control. I think it's something in the water down there. He's, he's drinking a little bit of the fountain of youth down I'm there. I'm happy, though. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. When he left and went to L.A., I think his ego exploded. Exploded. And it yeah. ruined, ruined his game of basketball. Then he went to Houston to try to come back after that, and it, it just didn't work out. No. Again, it was just no. like playing with too many big mm. stars. He was the star in Orlando by himself and went and just didn't work out. And now he's the star coming home. Yes. Well, that's kind of, what's about coming home, though. Stay in Washington a little bit. KD. KD. Came back with the Golden State Warriors tonight. It wasn't a scripted, though. Lose to the Washington Wizards. Uh, this is the 10th loss this year for the Golden State uh, Warriors. Mm -hmm. They lost nine all regular season last year. That's to take note on for all you uh, yeah. viewers out there. I mean, we always said, or I'm not sure we, but I've always you know, noted um, the, Wiz the Wizards, the Warriors, they yeah. weren't going to win as many games as no. they did last year. I mean, year. what they did last year was phenomenal. Their is just depleted uh, yes. compared to last year, yes. you know? So, and there's going to be times when... You know, the star players are going to get tired, and now you're seeing it. Um, so the the season's taking its toll. It's the midseason. It's about 20 games left. Yes. So that's that's the cause of it. Um, I'm very surprised they lost this game. I thought Katie was going to come out with fire, <clears throat> show what Washington was missing out with him, and how good this West Coast team is that everyone's going to stay up late and watch on the West Coast. Obviously, they're on the East Coast tonight. Um, Let's check the box score out real quick. I can go to the box score. Let's go to the box score here. Uh, the final score is... 112 to 108. Mm -hmm. uh, Draymond Green finished with 14 points and 14 assists and eight rebounds. Uh, Steph Curry, 25 points. His plus minus, though, minus five. And, and then right below minutes. him, Thompson, minus 17. Very surprising there. Uh, and then if you go all the way down, wow. All starters for Washington over double digits, a couple over 20. Uh, Bradley Beal, 25. Yeah. Morris, one of the twins. I mean, yeah, the one twins. Uh, I think this is just the product of, of obviously KD playing two minutes. He yes. got hurt very early in the game. Yes. And the Wizards, like any smart basketball team, took uh, pretty good advantage of that. Absolutely. I mean, they won by four <laughs> points with, without KD. You think to. KD scores more than four points if he does play the whole game? Yeah, of course. That's, that's uh, a big plus or minus. But yeah, I mean, Porter, Otto Porter from uh, Georgetown, Georgetown puts what 14, and then John Wall put up 12 himself and 19 assists. 19 assists. There wow, you go. folks, there take you note go. on that one moving forward. Relishing if he's, if he's shooting the ball like that, that's pretty dangerous. Relishing I mean, hello. Opportunities. 
So uh, let's go to let's go to some well, some poll questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got one from Billy Minsel Jr., one of my good buddies. Uh, came in and said, with all the pickups the Cavs have gotten this past week and a half, and even going back to Corver, are they the favorite coming out of the NBA to win the finals? You know, I thought about this, and they're really enticing. It's really hard to not say that they're the best team going forward because they have that sharpshooter. Yes. They have that playmaker. They have that big man um, that they need to set the tone off the bench. Um, so, and then, of course, they have the best player in the game. Yes. Followed by the number one draft pick in Kyrie Irving. Yep. Get you a game-winning bucket at yep. <laughs> any moment, uh, you know, a buzzer-beater shot. Um, so, that I see no reason why as to, as to, excuse me, let me start that over. I see no reason as to oppose that in saying the Cavs are the best team. Uh, they have bench depth. They have a great coach, in my mind. Ty Lu is just cementing himself as one of the best coaches in the league. And then mix that with the number one player in the, in the whole world, and you have a championship-caliber team. What about you? But I, I mean, I can't really disagree with all that. I mean, you know, I would love to, to come out here with some sort of uh, Skip Bayless hot take and, and completely throw under the bus what you're saying, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are completed every position now. Yes. Um, you know, LeBron talked about bringing in playmakers, and it wasn't necessarily that they brought in playmakers. Corver has proven that he is a yeah. playmaker, yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's gotten even a little bit of new life, it seems, in Cleveland yeah. uh, with his game overall. But they've plugged holes with Darren Williams. They're plugging holes with Andrew Bogut and Kyle Corbin. Yeah, and three new Derek names. Williams all, as well. Yeah, Derek yeah. Williams. Yeah, I saw them uh, two nights ago, and uh, LeBron and Derek Williams seem to have, you know really play but, well together. But but I will say the one team that that just doesn't get enough respect though is those Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yes. and I think it's because we we watch Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. and everyone wants to say, ball hawk, ball hawk, ball hawk, ball hawk. <laughs> You know, the reason he's scoring so many points is because he was holding on to the basketball. Well, really, I think that he, He you know, he has to. They are 38 and 22 for a reason. Yeah. Because Isaiah Thomas is scoring points. Mm -hmm. If Isaiah Thomas is just facilitating all day long to Al Horford, Horford's not going to score like that. You know, um, he's 31 years old. He's getting older. He doesn't have the same knees anymore, you know. (laughs) No, and, and I love Isaiah Thomas being there because, you know, here's the thing. Normally, the Cavs match up properly on Steph Curry. Yeah. That's why they are, have an advantage over the uh, Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing with the Celtics. But Thomas's playmaking ability sometimes seems to be a little stronger than Steph's with yeah. that dribble drive Definitely. and his pass. Because he's so much lower to the ground. Exactly. <laughs> can take the ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I still see a little bit of um, a challenge posed from mm-hmm. the Celtics. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting. I think if Horford plays well... In the playoffs, if there is that Cavs-Celtics series, we'll see the Bogut-Horford yeah. matchup more yeah. than anyone expects, yeah. which is a which style is of play you love. This is fun. <laughs> um, so that could be interesting. So what I'm, lo- I'm going to talk about two things you said there. I think looking at the Cavaliers, they've been the strongest team in the East. They have been the whole year. That's why they've been the number one seed and haven't been tested pretty much this whole season in the East. I'm looking at this moving forward. Boston and them in the Eastern Conference Finals, I can see that looking like the old the Pistons. Old, well, I Just wouldn't say that. I would say... I guess you could say that, but I what I'm thinking is reminiscent of back when the Celtics had Ray Allen, yeah, KG. Okay. Yep. You know, I think it's going to be that same type of atmosphere, um, same type of you know headline. You know, there's, there's definitely rivalry there. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, but it, I still think I still think LeBron game. gets to the finals, and I look at uh, the Golden State Warriors is still the best team in the West, and still getting there. And, I, and looking at those two teams combined on paper. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's so hard going against a team with big four mm -hmm. compared to a big two and then very good playmakers after that. I still think it's a coin toss. I feel like it's game fun. seven, it's, it's going to be speculate. fun. 100% fun to speculate. <clears throat> um, but I want to see the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals and see what team can come out with unscathed and be healthy. And be healthy. If, yeah, that's if, the most if, if Golden State loses a, a big four, or if the Cavs somehow, if, if Kyrie's ankle like said, Kyrie, gets yeah. hurt, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. It happened two years ago mm -hmm. when Golden State destroyed that series, and then last year the depth but ran out with Golden State, and that's why the Cavs The won. reason it didn't work two years ago is because that's a major drop-off from Kyrie to Deladova. <laughs> yes. Deladova. Now you have Darren Williams, which I'm not so much worried about. Um, he's a proven guy in the league. He can get you eight assists a game, 13, yes. 14 points a game. And... And it's all about the mindset as well. If he's motivated to play for something, I feel like he's going to do great things. <laughs> all right, so give a big shout out there to Billy Mensel Jr. for that huge question. Last question of the night before we bring in all the other guys to talk about this upcoming weekend's games. Uh, the Pelicans right now with their trade, what's going on? They're 0-3. Uh, they're 0-3. They're not winning. <laughs> if they don't get to the playoffs because they're fighting for that eighth seed in the West, the West is absolutely loaded. Uh, the Kings are still ahead of them. Uh, they've fallen out of the bottom three. They still have four, I guess, three and a half games to fake up. Can they do it? Hey, what did I say last week? The, the Pelicans tanking and getting that, you know, that take the pick. If you That's call that, <laughs> I'm going to be amazed. I'll, we'll we'll, we'll edit that say? tape and put that yeah. out here for you to call that a, but way before anything else It's happens. still great basketball to watch with those two big men. Um, it's very synonymous with what the Trailblazers have with Damian Lillard and yep. CJ McCollum. But it's, except it's completely opposite. It's in the front court. Uh, you see these guys, they're, they're capable of putting up 30-plus a night, 15 rebounds, and three blocks a game. Both each are able to do that. So um, we'll, going ahead, will this work? This, this style of basketball we haven't seen in a very long time. The last time I, I think I've seen two big men of this caliber was maybe, I think from my perspective, maybe Tim Duncan and David Robertson, the general. Yes. Um, and even I was too young to even watch that. So. But uh, based on stats, which I'm a huge stat guy, uh, this is what I'm kind of like comparing it to. Uh, so going going ahead, they just need that playmaker, whether it comes in the draft, through a free agency or something like that. That's what they really need. Drew Holiday, can he be that guy? I'm not sure. It's going to take some time to mesh together completely. Like like we said, it's not going to happen right away. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, so they need the, that playmaker that's going to step up and those wing guys who can knock down whenever that playmaker dishes and drives. All right, I'm going to bring in the last two guys behind us. I'm going to stand up, Shane Dazen and Ethan yeah. Graham. Max, you're still going to be on here. All right, sounds yeah. good. We're, I'm just, I'm just, you are too. They're just standing behind us. I'm, I'm going to go over. We're loading it up. We're packed like security guards. No. We're doing hockey in a couple weeks as well, so we I want to bring them on here. We'll get that next time. Shaq versus JaVale next time. Actually, we're going to throw He's going to write a blog post about that, and we're going to throw it up there tomorrow. Seedatthed.com. Yeah, so right now I'm going to go over games this weekend. One game in the NBA, one game in uh, college basketball. I'm going to ask a question. You guys are going to tell me who you have and why. Uh, so for the first one, this Friday, the Cavaliers go back down to Atlanta. Kyle Korver's homecoming. Right now, the spread, I would probably say Cleveland by three or four points. I'll say Cleveland by ten. Cleveland by ten. Yeah. It's hard to go against Cleveland here. What, game, what day is this? That's Friday night. 
Yeah, Boga's gonna be. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be cleared to play. Darren Williams is gonna be cleared to play. Um, this might be like a rooting interest for me for some reason, but I genuinely believe that the Hawks win that game. <laughs> I I think the Hawks win it. It's gonna be close. Yeah. I think the Hawks win that game though. I'm gonna have to agree with you, Max. You know, we see a lot of times in the NBA. Uh, when teams get new players, uh, like you guys were just talking about, it takes some second to gel. I think Cleveland long-term is a better team, but I think Atlanta pulls it out on Friday night. I'm also going to go with Atlanta. I think they're going to be real pissed off about Kyle Korver. I don't blame them. Uh, they're still in the hunt again for that top echelon seeds in the East and moving forward. So I, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think the Cavs, again, 15-11 on the road, not a record you want to see from a dominant squ a squad. That but is they've made changes. They've they've made, made so, changes. And then we see them early on with like New Orleans. With this the is our teams. NBA expert. This is a, yeah. So we'll, we should probably be listening yeah. to him a little more. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, I guess. All right, and the game of the night on Saturday in college basketball, the Duke Blue Devils, who just got off the shine of a two-game losing streak, 23-7, 11-6 in the ACC, go on the road and face against the North Carolina Tar Heels, 25-6 uh, and 13-4 and and in the ACC. Right now, North Carolina is the number one seed in the ACC with the number five seed in the college basketball world in Chapel Hill. In Chapel have? Hill. Um, I have – this is a toss-up um, because North Carolina, they're obviously very talented. And Duke, they're just loaded with talent as well. I'm going to take the home court advantage. Um, okay. I'm really okay. big on home court advantage this year. And I'm going to go with North Carolina. Um, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Just go around. We'll go around the table. Have a seat at the table. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Well, I'm going to counter that view. I think that uh, Duke has uh, had a bit of a tumultuous season here, but things are starting to come together for them a little bit as we move toward uh, this March Madness tournament. And in, in a tournament where there's not – a real clear consensus, number one, Duke yeah. could be that team that uh, ignites at the right time. And That's the question every year, you know, though. Like, forward, Duke you know, is a gonna, win against North yeah. Carolina could really uh, jumpstart that. So I think uh, you got to go with Duke here. I think you look for a couple of their guys to bounce back, specifically a guy named Grayson Allen. I think he's a guy yeah, that has come out in a big way for Duke in this game. And if he can have a big game against a team like North Carolina, I think that uh, Duke uh, goes a long way in making some hay. Yeah. Ethan. I'm going to go uh, with North Carolina just by a little bit. I think Duke, uh, you, like you said, was struggling towards the middle of the season. They lost three straight games at one point. But I think they are um, going to get it together and uh, beat North Carolina this weekend. I got North Carolina by five. Uh, I think I think they, they get back on track in the series in this one. That was a phenomenal game, uh, game one of yes. this series this year. Uh, and maybe that's something that – Probably a lot of people have forgotten about to this point mm -hmm. is how great that first game was. It's a great rivalry. Uh, it is the best rivalry in college basketball. The second best rivalry being Xavier Cincinnati, obviously. But he's got a plug, get a plug. But no, it is the best rivalry in college basketball. Uh, North Carolina wins that one by five, and there's going to be an overreaction for Duke. People will overreact yep. with what that loss is. Per usual. Yep. Just usual. It's not a bad loss, yeah. even if they exactly. lose by eight. I'm going to tell you this right now. If North Carolina wins this game, gets the ACC tournament, and wins the ACC tournament, they'll be a lock for a one seed. You cannot have an ACC team this year, especially how deep they are, not be a one seed if they come out and win their tournament. If true. Duke wins this game, though, I'm telling you this right now, they have the most dangerous team coming March. Grayson Allen with a bum ankle. Yeah. With a bum ankle coming into that. Luke Kennard, huge, Love huge Kennard. moving sniper. forward. Sniper game. I'm going to pick Duke, though, win this game. I don't think Coach K wants to lose ever against North Carolina. Uh, he and never. he wants to sweep it big time here. And uh, I think that's uh, senior night in North Carolina as well. So yeah. send, the, send the seniors home with a senior loss. Senior night, it's going, they're going to win. <laughs> so we're going to wrap things up here. Again, follow us 
on Twitter, on Instagram, seat at the T, and then go and follow, go to the website, www.seatatthetea.com. We're gonna have live blog, live podcast, hopefully, in, yep. in, in Australia next week, in Florida. From the land down under. From the yeah. down under. Down, down under. Beautiful land, Australia, mate. We'll have, we'll have posts from, especially Ethan, big, big, sexy Graham over here. Uh, Shane's gonna be getting on that. We got guys coming all over. I know we got a couple guys in New York wanna write, uh, a couple guys in Columbus, down in Alabama. So, ooh, guys, let us let us know if you want to write for us. We'd love to have you on. This thing's about to blow up. We want you guys to be part of this. Again, a seat at the table, guys. Thank you for coming to the J&B Podcast. Everyone, be safe. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you can, share it right now. Adios. Unreal, boys. That was great. This, uh, this hockey game here.